will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to episode 404 of Ferg on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter, at AndrewRLP. And join me as always is the glorious League Freak. He's got all the skills and all the technology. How you going there, mate? I'm going good, Andrew. And I just want to say one thing before we start the podcast properly. Yep. Feel good, you cheeky little cunt. (laughs) You said he was going to be there longer than you, and you're a fucking liar. He's, he's not a liar. Just, I'm, I'm paraphrasing like, as if I was Phil Gould here. He's not a liar. What's happened is the universe has conspired against him. It's all a media agenda, leaving out the fact he's been part of the media for like 30 years now. Yeah, put the facts aside. Mm-hmm. Okay, um... This was not what Phil Gould's plan was. Yeah. I mean, he's overseeing this probably major part of this roster, and as much as he won't admit it, he does have an awfully um, powerful voice when it comes to you know explaining what he thinks is the best thing to do. Yeah, so, and granted, it does follow the pattern of what he has done wherever he has been. Yes, except... The one coach he probably could have got stuck. I'm not actually. I'm not even saying that this is a bad thing because Barrett is not a first grade coach. So this is not a bad thing for the Bulldogs. Oh, yeah, Barrett. But, um, it's a shame he couldn't get the same um, feat achieved at the Warriors when he was there. And it makes you think. Nathan Brown must be one of the very few coaches that is untouchable by Phil Gould. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Although, <laughs> really, how do you sack someone over email? Well. That's a good question. I mean, Ivan Cleary got sacked when he was having a nap. He was tired, though. I, yeah. I, and it, it was very clear that Ivan Cleary's future at the Penrith Panthers was uh, not looking great. I just, I think at the time it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to do anything with that Panthers side, you know? Well, he was never going to be a good Panthers coach, let's be honest. No, no. Um, and took the genius of Phil Gould to point that out to him. Yes. Um, so... Now that the um, now that the chair has been removed from the Bulldogs as coach, who's going to replace him? Well, the replacement is apparently Mick Potter, former uh, St George Illawarra drag. No, he wasn't a Dragons coach. He was the West Tigers coach for a little bit. Yeah, he's, a, he's a former Dragons player. I've got yeah, a theory yeah. about why some teams like Mick Potter. It's got nothing to do with his track record, his performances his results, attack, defence, none of that. Mm-hmm. All of that's completely irrelevant. You know why I reckon they want him? Why? Because of that one season where he was at Bradford and he did it for free. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a bloke we can get on the cheap. We can pay out the current coach and we get Mick Potter on the cheap. Well, look, I I can't even be mad at Mick Potter because he has come from, like, no one for any job was saying how about Mick Potter, right? So Mick Potter stepping in and doing this job, he will be doing it for cheap. There's no doubt about that. And it is a thankless job. But let's face it, anybody that has any first grade coaching experience, and he does have it, should be able to make that Bulldog side better. 
right? So oh, he's going to absolutely. look like he's a better coach than Trent Barrett, which is easy, but that should get him in the mix for future coaching jobs when they come up. So it's a genius move by him. Yeah. Um, can I just say, it's an absolutely, if it does happen that it is Mick Potter, it's an absolute dick move by the Bulldogs because it means Shane Flanagan's still available to take over the West Tigers job mm-hmm. when the media eventually forces the club to fold like the piss ants that they are and eventually sack him. Um, so yeah, I was kind of hoping they'd sign Flanagan so I didn't have to worry about the Tigers signing him. Now he's going to be back on the cards. The Tigers will lose two more games. And they'll be all about Madge's on the way out and Flano's in. And uh, I don't want that. Well, there's some good news for the West Tigers. You've got a new centre, and that's something you didn't have enough of. Can you tell us about your new centre? New centre? Um, yeah, Brent Naden. I mean, he's, he's big, he's powerful, he's agile, he's got a bit of speed about him, got a bit of toe. Um, he's not British. Um, he's been known to hold the ball. And, uh, yeah, so long as he keeps his nose clean, he should be pretty good. Now this is our yeah. episode where I'm gonna I'm gonna go past that joke you made, okay? Joke? I I made no joke. You didn't you didn't bring me here for my comedy uh, value. Let's be honest, I have I have the personality of a piece of wood, so I, I'm not here for comedy. Had a bit of a sniff of a joke about it to me. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. Just a bit, just a bit of a a bit of a scent. <sighs> just likes the taste, uh, the smell of it. Sorry. Um, so now we're going. This is our episode where we do our previews of the upcoming rounds for our wonderful people at Palmerbet.com, our brothers in arms, our major sponsor. You can get onto Palmerbet.com, join up to their betting service. It's a fantastic betting service. That that is where we will give you all of the odds from this year, and uh, we will tell you all the odds for the upcoming games, and we're going to give you all of our tips, and we're going to talk about the teams, and we're sure you're going to enjoy it. As always, mm. um, and always remember, gamble responsibly. Yes, that is a very good thing. Yes, and let's dive in, shall we? On Thursday night, we've got the Knights versus the Broncos. Okay, so the Newcastle Knights are outsiders for this one at $2.81 on palmerbet.com. The Brisbane Broncos are at $1.44. And the line has been set with Newcastle getting a six-and-a-half-point head start at $1.90. And that means that with the six-and-a-half-point handicap, the Broncos are also at $1.90. So there's been no movement there, but it's not a shock to see the Broncos are really heavy favourites in this one. And it's hard to, to go against them. I think that this will probably be really one-sided, and that it will also be uh, Adam O'Brien's last game in charge. I think that this will be a whipping. Yeah, um, I'm just having a look at the the changes, and it's looked like Dane Gagai is in, replacing um, Inari Tuala in the centres, but that's about it. Um, Pong is at fullback. It's... Adam Clune's at six. Oh, sorry, Anthony Milford's at six with Adam Clune at seven. I tell you what, he's thrown Milford straight in there, which is interesting and won't. I mean, it, I can't imagine it's going to help the team. Him just coming but, straight in like that. Um, he's made and, he's made the wrong move though because he's put Clifford on the extended bench instead of putting him at seven. Or why would you have Clifford out of the side and Clune in? I I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get it either. I, like I watch Clune play and I see a guy who's 
absolute ceiling is New South Wales Cup. He's just a young Chad Townsend. Yeah, pretty much. Passes the ball too early and kicks to corners. And I know that sounds harsh because the Cowboys are running third. It's not because of Townsend they're running third. The media's doing their best to talk Townsend's performances up. (laughs) He's a rather pedestrian halfback. He's got a pretty precise kicking game, which is always very handy. But his passing game tends to be he passes too early. He doesn't take the line on very much at all. You know, that's just a bit... He's he's overachieved in his career, which is I suppose a good thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's um he's not the greatest seven out there. No, and, and Clune is I I don't know why. I mean, it's obvious that Clifford is going to be the future halfback of that club. So why do you not give him the reps? You know, Clune is not going to be the long term halfback. Um, if I was a club that needed a halfback, I would be going to Clifford and saying, dude. We're ready for you. Like, can you imagine Clifford going to the Melbourne Storm? Like, it would be amazing if he did that, but I say that about every player. Well, um, I mean, he didn't have to go to the Storm. Take him to the Roosters. Yeah, yeah, take him to the Roosters. Uh, who else could use him? You could even have him, if they're going to get rid of four and at Manly, put him alongside uh, DCE. Yeah, next year. he'd be good. That'd be handy. And he'd, he'd be very good at six as well. So that'd, that'd be a good move. You know who could use him right now is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. That's true. They'd be Very much better with him. And hey, they're proud of this place. Didn't they have Milford on their books for a little bit? They did before he got into whatever trouble it was off the field. I don't. I honestly don't know what it's about. Um, Some drama that happened up in Brisbane last year. I don't know what it was. Okay. So, but yeah, throwing Milford straight in, I think that. That's a, I mean, that's the the move of a coach that knows he, it's now or never for him. It's it's desperation. Yeah. So, but I I think that the the Broncos should smash them, and the six and a half point handicap that the Broncos have on PalmerBet.com. Personally, I think that that they'll cover that. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the uh, the Broncos on this one as well. I think they're going to do this comfortably. Uh, I was actually going to say one thing about it is the the Broncos forward pack. Yep. It's just a, it's got a, I know I've mentioned it before, but, um, you know, it's good to have different sized bodies in your forwards. Yeah. And they've got a pretty good mix. Um, And then you throw in Capewell, who's a very skilled second rower. He can play it, play it center quite capably. Yeah. Um, It has the ball skills of a, um, you know, of a, of a back as well. Very handy player to have hanging around there. When you throw in Payne Haas in the front row, you've got a hard worker like Carrigan at lock. Um, the only issue they've got is Billy Walters at nine, but, you know, he must be doing... He's not doing a, a bad job. That's not saying he's doing a good job, but he's not doing a bad job. So he's being serviceable at the moment. So I guess that's pretty much all you've got to be there, really. Yeah, but I tell you what, if they can get their hands on a good good number nine um, on the back of that forward pack, which is, you know, we talk about Panthers forward pack. Panthers forward pack feels much more seasoned than the Broncos one. Um, yeah. So it doesn't feel wrong to say that that Broncos pack has the potential to be, the, is probably the best young pack in the game, but has the potential to be one of the best packs in the game for a very long time. Um, so, But they need to sort out that hooking role because, 
Walters isn't the answer. Um, no. And, you know, you get the right guy in there behind that pack, they're going to be horrible to play against in a couple of years. I agree. See, I'm going Broncos there. Uh, on Friday, we start with the Tigers versus the Bulldogs. Well, Palmer Bet has this one, and I think it's fair to say this is a blockbuster, this one. Palmer Bet has oh, the yeah. West Tigers as the favourites. Oh, that's bad news for the Tigers. <laughs> They're at $1.58. <laughs> the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, with their brand-new coach, are at $2.40. That feels juicy. That feels really juicy. And the line has been set. Three-and-a-half-point start to the Bulldogs at $1.90. And with the three-and-a-half-point handicap, the West Tigers are at $1.90. I like the Bulldogs in this one. You'd think that after getting rid of Barrett, they weren't responding to him. He's a crap coach. Now they've got Potter in. It's going to be an interesting – it's been an interesting week for them. I know that – did you see Paul Vaughan uh, when the media was outside waiting for news on Barrett? He said to the media, you people are the worst. And so Twitter lit up with all of the scumbag journalists saying, oh, tell us about your barbecue. Like, that's the worst thing they could come up with <laughs> that goes to the barbecue with his friends. Like, what a bunch of jerks. Paul Vaughan was right. Absolutely. Now, um, have got a stat here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Do you I want to say West... very often? Hey? Do you come up with stats very often, Andrew? Oh, sometimes I dabble. Yeah? That's, I that's dabble. cool. Just a bit of a hobby on the side, you know, just yeah. Um Now when I say West Tigers here, I'm talking about West Tigers, Balmain and the Magpies, okay. Okay. When was the last time any of those three teams beat the Bulldogs at Leichhardt? Are they playing this at Leichhardt? Yeah. At Leichhardt. I am going to say I am going to say, oh, this is a really good one. Um, I'm going to go out really out on a limb, okay? Yeah. I'm going to say 1993. Yes. Oh, I was right with 1990, was I? It was 1990. Wow. Because I'm thinking to myself, okay, the Bulldogs very rarely play there. I can't imagine it's going to be in the last, you know, the West Tigers era. Then the Western the Tigers were terrible for the end of their fucking existence, so it had to go back a bit. And then the Bulldogs were good in the mid-90s, so it couldn't have been then. And, yeah, wow, 1990, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, the West uh, the West Tigers have never played the Bulldogs at Leichhardt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the last time Dalmo beat Canterbury, round 10, I think Wayne Pierce was playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tigers won twenty four to four at Leichhardt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Benny Elias would have been playing. Yeah, he would have blocker, Sirenin. Yeah. Brasher, the best fullback ever. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's very um, good. So yeah, that that's that's going back a bit. Look, um Luke Brooks is not playing in this game, so Jock Madden will be at five eight. Um yep. Uh, Asu Kepawa will be in at centre. Um, for some reason, Tyrone Peachy's been named at centre. I'm not going to be surprised if Naden takes his spot on the side mm-hmm. and Peachy moves on to the bench. Um, 
because Farmawanu Brown has been named to make his club debut on the bench. I wouldn't be surprised if Peachy pushes him out because he's basically a 5'8". He can, like, he's got the sort of frame here where he can handle a bit of work in the forwards. Yeah. Um, And, you know, play centre as well. He's a, a bit like Tyrone Peachy, but probably with a, you know, better playmaking ability. Um, so you're not going to carry both of those guys on the bench. So I wouldn't be surprised if for some reason he keeps Peachy in the 17. I don't think Peachy's done enough to deserve such an honour, really, to be honest, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's retained. Yeah, Peachy's done nothing this year. It's, uh, he's done. He did nothing last year, to be fair. He's, he's had a few brain snaps. I suppose that's something. Yeah, yeah that's true. But um, how do you think the Canterbury Bulldogs are going to react to this week? Because a lot of the times we see a team comes out after their coach gets sacked and they're a little bit fired up. And it feels like in this contest, like I look at both teams and I honestly do believe that there is more talent in the Bulldogs team. But I think that they don't play as well as a team as the Tigers do. But at the same time, I'm wondering if maybe being fired up after Barrett is sacked, if that will just be enough to win this game. This is the thing. I think the Bulldogs have got a better skilled uh, forward pack. Mm -hmm. But I'm not convinced that there's spine, even though the Tigers don't have Dane Lawrence. They've got Stafford Toa back there. And... Um, Jacob Little, who's a bit quiet at hooker. I still think that their spine's just a little bit better. Um, but there's a lot of changes at Tigers' back line. Uh, so I think, I think the odds are a little bit too heavy handed in the Tigers' favourites being favourites. I wouldn't, I'm not surprised Tigers are favourites, but I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't buy, have it by more than, say, you know, a start of two points. Okay. I think it's a lot closer this game than that. Um, well, it's three and a half, so it's not too far off. It's still, yeah. I still, I still think that. I don't know why. It feels like it's a it's a heavy three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's just a bit closer than that. Um, the Bulldogs have got an out of form Dufty at fullback. Um, uh, uh, occasionally use Cole Flanagan at halfback. You know, it's just a bit... There, there's so much going, looking into this game. There's so much slop. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's a good thing that I'll be on a train as this game kicks off. Yeah. There was, also, <laughs> there was talk during the week um, for, I don't know who, who wrote it, but I saw that uh, the Poms were talking about Matt Dafty probably on his way to Super League. I uh, don't know if that's been settled with which team he will end up with. So that's interesting that uh, that's the move he's going to make because I thought that he would be handy pickup for some club, even if you got him in as like a, a winger and, and almost like a backup fullback in that sense. Maybe the, you know, the Dolphins thinking about having him just in case they can't get, you know, somebody that they really want at fullback. So it's, um, I don't know, it's an interesting game. I like games like this because I think there's a lot on the line for both teams. They're both down the bottom of the ladder. The Bulldogs could start something here and the West Tigers will want to continue on with what they got going. So I, I think that it's going to be an interesting contest. I'm well, gonna, I have to tip the Bulldogs. I wouldn't say got going, i say had going. Well, 
Uh, all they had going to... was two one-point wins, and then they had three straight losses. I was trying to be fair, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. The, they don't have got going anymore. They had they had going. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I was I was trying to be fair. You've now got a a centre in the side who can really find the line, and I think that that will help them. And I think that the centre combination of him and uh, James Roberts, I can't see anything going wrong there. No, it'd be fine. Mm. It'd be fine. Um, let's move on before I say something bad. Uh, <laughs> Paramount of... Oh, actually, who are you picking for that one? Tigers or Bulldogs? I'm going with Bulldogs. Tigers. Okay, Bulldogs. I, I pick, pick Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, next one is Parramatta versus Manly on Friday night. Well, in the head-to-head on palmabet.com, uh, despite their big run of success being over, that being one game, the Parramatta Eels are still favourites at $1.37 against the Manly Seagulls, who are at $3.12. Uh, the line has been set. Manly have a seven-and-a-half-point head start at $1.90, which sounds really juicy. And obviously, seven-and-a-half-point handicap is also $1.90 for the uh, Parramatta Eels on palmabet.com. Wow. I didn't think um, didn't think Manly was that far away from Parramatta, to be honest. You know, looking at this match, I find it hard to tip against the Eels because we saw what happened to them last week. They did the Parramatta Eels thing and, and lost that game. Um, but they should beat the Manly Seagulls, right? At home, they're at home, so... The last time they met, Manly scored 56 points. Oh, jeez. The last four times Parramatta's played Manly, they've scored 53 points. Wow. Yeah. Um, Parramatta hasn't beat Manly. Um, Let's put it this way. Parramatta has never beaten... (laughs) Parramatta's never lost to Manly in front of a crowd of zero. What? So all Paramount's got to do is make sure no one turns up and they'll win. Oh, was it, did they did they lose <laughs> to them when there was the COVID? No, Paramount beat them nineteen sixteen during COVID when there was no no fans allowed. Oh, there we go. But that uh, was the last time they beat them. They've lost the three games since then: twenty two eighteen, twenty eight six, and fifty six ten. I don't know what to make of Manly. Hey, they're a bit of. Uh, I could I could see Manly finishing in the bottom of the top eight or like in 12th position if they just had a bad run of a few weeks, you know, I, I feel like they're in that place on the ladder. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Tom Trebovich hasn't really exploded yet, and I think it's going to happen soon. And who better than against uh, a team that doesn't have a fullback? So I'm going with Manly. Okay, I'm going with the Eels on that one. Should we go to the Saturday afternoon game? We should indeed. Okay, well, the St. Oh, George boy. Okay. <laughs> I just saw he's playing the first Saturday game. Oh, no, it's going to be a good one. Strap oh. in. On palmerbet.com, the St. George Illawarra Dragons are hosting the New Zealand Warriors and the Dragons <laughs> are favourite at $1.56. Just put every single cent you've got on that, in my opinion. The New Zealand Warriors are at $2.45, and the line has been set with the Warriors having a three-and-a-half-point head start at $1.90. 
The Dragons uh, with the three and a half point head cap is $1.90. So if you've got any money left over, maybe go to the bank and take out a loan and put it into the $1.90. Because I think that the Warriors will get flogged. Yeah, look, um, I know the Dragons have a knack for struggling against teams that they should comfortably beat. Mm-hmm. And the last 10 times they've played the Warriors, the Warriors have managed to score at least three tries on nine of those occasions. Yeah. So automatically it means that the Dragons have to have at least 20 points in them if they're going to win this game. Are we that confident in their attack that they can do that? I suppose the other one is, are we that confident the Warriors can score three tries in a game at the moment? Okay, I'm going to put it a different way. Are you that confident in the Warriors' defence that they can keep a team under 40 points? Oh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but are you confident that the Dragons' attack is smart enough to be able to exploit the Warriors' shitty defence? That is an unfair question, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because the problem I find with the Dragons is they've got Cody Ramsey at fullback, and he's one of those blokes who, whenever you see him under the high ball, you kind of like squint and look away, and you just know something bad's going to happen. And he catches it, and you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, and you're, you're like, you feel like something really, really strange has happened in the game when he catches yeah, like, it. Yeah, like, so he's the sort of bloke I'd imagine he'd be able to, you know, if he's running up to, to catch a high ball. You know he's going to get there, but he goes, you know what, I'll just put my foot out at it instead. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with your fucking peanut? He's the sort of dude that would, like, be perfectly positioned, run 30 metres at a ball with no one, and then stop, like, one foot short of it and let it bounce. He's that guy. <laughs> and it'd be straight up in the end and someone else would get it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like having Moses and Byatt fullback still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. This um, this game is uh, I'm going to say it. This game looks horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I don't know. I, I'll be honest. Okay, I don't see the Warriors doing anything. So I'm going to go with the Dragons based on how crap the Warriors are playing at the moment. Although they were much more improved last week, but um, are we really certain that uh, Nathan Brown can? get something out of this team at the moment because he doesn't know how to run anything on the field. So I'm, yeah, I'm not confident of that at all. I think, you know what, I think just having Ben Hunt, if you took Ben Hunt and put him in either team, it would sway how I feel yeah. about either team and he is in the other team and I I just feel as though he alone yeah. could score. He's a difference. Tell you what, you know what would would make me um get off Nathan Brown's back for a little bit? Right. If he goes down the sideline he just, he's got a few blokes lined up. He's got Adam Fanil Blake, Matt Lodge. <laughs> yeah. He just, he just fucking slaps the shit out of their faces. And they just go sit there and cop it. And I'll go, yeah, you know what? That Nathan Brown's a good bloke. Seriously. Would you let a grown man slap you like that? Fuck no. No way. I would. And that, that's why Trent Bat should never have been a coach because he sat there and copped that shit. He copped it. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I just looked at Trent and went, you soft cock. Can you, can you imagine someone doing that to Mark Guyer <laughs> in 1992? Like, he'd, he'd, you'd still be dragging him off him. <laughs> <laughs> he'd still be punching the shit out of you 25 years later. 
Oh boy. Um, yeah, that's that's a bad, that's a rough game that one. All right, well let's move on to the next one because the next one's not a bad game. It is on Saturday evening, early evening. It is the North Queensland Cowboys hosting the Melbourne Storm. Palmer Bet has the Cowboys at two dollars sixty seven in the head to head. The Melbourne Storm, with a lot of injuries, are at one dollar forty eight. The line has been set with the Cowboys getting a six and a half point head start at one dollar ninety. And the Melbourne Storm with a six and a half point handicap are also at one dollar ninety and missing a bunch of players. Yeah, so um for this one here, I think the big difference is the fact that Jerome Hughes is back. Yeah. Um Do you wanna have a guess at when you know, the last time the Cowboys beat the Storm, what year it was? <clears throat> I'm gonna say it was twenty nineteen. No. When was it? 2015. Whoa, that's a long time. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. They've Wait. lost... Uh, what is it? How many games is that? The last 12 games. Whoa. That's um, rough. That is rough. So, I think the fact Hughes is back changes this a fair bit. And this is the first time the Cowboys have been tested this year. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think the Cowboys have got Penrith next week as well. Oh, that's a rough back-to-back. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I I think we're going to find out that they're a little bit further off the pace than their ladder position suggests. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I'm not going to say that they're a team that doesn't deserve to be in the top eight. They've played pretty, pretty bloody well to start the year. But I think we're going to find that there might be a bigger gap – between them and the Storm and Panthers, they'll they'll be they should be okay-ish a bit um, against the Storm, given that the Storm have got a few injuries. You know, and most notably is um, Pappenhausen's out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hughes coming back does hurt them a fair whack because he's been brilliant. Um, Storm are also down a bit in the forwards. I think Brandon Smith's playing a prop this weekend in this game. Yeah, I saw he was named a prop. Yeah. I mean, he'll be fine, but uh, if you're moving Brandon Smith to to prop, then it means that your bench is going to be a little bit light on as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Storm handle the second half. Because I wouldn't be surprised if they get off to a good start, but the second half when the forwards start to tire, if they've got some lighter forwards and the Cowboys, are, they've got some decent-sized bodies on the bench, so they're going to be fine. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how that transition goes, but I'm I'm going with the storm. Yeah, it's hard to tip it against the storm at this point, but I, I have a feeling that the Cowboys are, are going to give them a really good game. But I agree with you. I think it's it's going to be a real marker of the difference between the Storm, the Panthers, and and a team like the Cowboys, who are legitimately where they are in the ladder. But I think that the top two teams are, are quite a bit better than everyone else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, Saturday night, we have the blockbuster clash between the Sydney Roosters. This is at the SCG, I believe. And the your 2021 NRL Premiers and World Champion Penrith Panthers coming off a big win over the uh, Melbourne Storm. Palmer Bet has this game poised as such. In the head-to-head, the Sydney Roosters are at $3.64. 
the Panthers are at $1.29. And on palmerbet.com, the Roosters have a nine and a half point head start at $1.90, while the Panthers are at, with the nine and a half point handicap are also at $1.90. Um, the Roosters have lost Victor Radley for two months, which was very upsetting to one of my friends, Jamie, who she was devastated by the loss of Radley. She said she uh, believed that his syndesmosis injury really probably started in his groin. So if he needs any groin uh, help with that, she was willing to help with that. Um, but who are you picking in this game? Because obviously I'm picking the Penrith Panthers. 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 I don't even think this is going to be close. See, for me, yeah. the Roosters have been too scratchy, not just week by week, but within games. Mm-hmm. Um, last weekend's a good example. They had that game tied up, and then they just let Parramatta all the way back in. Um, and in next to no time, they gave away what was it, three tries in nine minutes or something like that. Um, yeah. Sorry, it's if you if you're doing that against against any team uh, other than Melbourne and Penrith, then Melbourne and Penrith are going to be rack up. We'll be able to rack up points on you if they want, whenever they want. Um, their defence has been questionable all year. Um, furthermore, the Roosters haven't been Penrith since COVID came along. Oh, really? Yeah, so so long as COVID exists, Roosters losing to Penrith also exists. Well, something good come out of the pandemic then. Um, yeah, Penrith yeah. smashing the Roosters. Absolutely. Four, four straight games. Well, we, we're, uh, we've owned them lately like we did in the 2003 grand final. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, – I, I I also think that the way that the Roosters play at the moment is really going to play into the Panthers' hands. You know, they like to go wide. The Panthers will be chewing them up the middle of the field. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how much the Panthers put on them. Yeah. Um, one thing we might see in this game too is – not much kicking from clear into corners because Roosters have got two very good jumpers there mm-hmm. in Tupo and Suwali. How good Suwali looking, by the way? Like he that that uh, try he scored last weekend, I was like, this is a dude announcing his arrival. You know, he he is starting to look like the player people were talking about, which is understandable. He's starting to get the games under his belt and stuff like that. He looks great as a winger. You can tell he's going to end up as a centre. Um, absolutely huge frame on him. He hasn't filled it out yet, but geez, he looks good. Another uh, Penrith Panthers junior talent that's killing it in the NRL. Reminds me a bit of um, Israel Folau when he first started. Yeah, he's well, got has, has, has that big frame, but fuck me, he can jump. Yeah, yeah. With that try, I mean, it was... Unbelievable. Absolutely yeah. unbelievable. So it's Look, cool. I, was, I like watching him play. As I say, I was, I was rough on him too a few weeks ago. I'm still not convinced that he's worthy of all the hype that he's had. I think that's probably been a little bit detrimental to his start of his career, to be honest. He probably yeah. deserved to have a uh, a more quieter sort of push into first grade than all the bluster that went on instead. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be quite distracting. I think that's been part of the, uh, the issue he's had. He's sort of struggled with, with his hands a bit. Um, but yeah, he's he's definitely a, a target when you when you're kicking, and it's good to have one of those on each side with Tupo on the other side. Whereas yeah. the Panthers have guys who can obviously catch, but let's be honest, the way the Panthers wingers play is 
they just run through fucking walls. Yeah. That's what they do. And so I don't think Cleary's going to be kicking too high. He's probably grubber towards the wingers a bit more. Mm. I don't think he's going to be kicking, going to the air too often because I think he's going to, he's not going to be giving his uh, wing as much of a chance if he does that. Um, His other option might be to kick a bit shallower towards Momorowski because that's where Crichton will be. That might be a better target. Yeah, and the, the, the Panthers are very good at that, you know, and you saw it last weekend with Kickow when he kicked to Kickow. They, they do a lot of those sort of not going all the way out to the wing kicks and it, it really pays off for them a lot. Um, just yeah. on Suwali, one of the things I really like about him is he goes looking for a lot of work in the middle of the field and even at this young age, he is, you can see that he, um, knows how to use the size of his body well and, that's going to really be great for him as he does fill out. Um, I can't wait to see how good he's going to be when he's, say, 24. He's filled out a bit more. He's a season first grader by then. He's going to be a weapon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he runs He runs the ball back hard too, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Now, on Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m., we have the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, one of the great clubs, long-serving clubs since 2002. On com, they're at $1.53, and they're taking on the Canberra Raiders, who are at $2.52 after that amazing win on the weekend. Over. Over. <laughs> what? Who, who did they beat? I can't even remember, hey? Well, oh, it was the Sharks. The... Yeah. Yeah. A, in, an injury hit Sharks. Still, they beat the Sharks. Yeah. And they they were down by, they, they lost three players to the uh, Sinbin. Two of them legitimate. One not so legitimate. It was a gutsy yes. win. Like, I, I, you know what I'm like with the Raiders. I've said how gutless and, and hopeless and pee-hearted they are. But that was a gutsy win last week. And you've got to give them their due when they do the right thing, you know? Absolutely. I still think, though, that they play dumb more often than they play smart. Definitely. They were, they were just lucky that they were playing against the Sharks side that forgot how to play football. That's When I watched that, the way the Sharks were playing, I went, they they saw all the things that you do wrong the week previous when you're playing against a team that's got one less player than you. Yeah. The Warriors just kept swinging the ball left to right the whole time, and the defense was able to just slide, and they cover the gap. And yeah, I was blown up about it on Twitter. <laughs> the Sharks are doing the same thing the Warriors were doing to them. I mean, yeah. how I stupid think, are you? I also think it was a rookie mistake by uh, Craig Fitzgibbon to mix up his halves and all that to try and cover injuries. Exactly. I think that he, if I think he will learn from that and he'll, you know, it's make the fewest changes you really need to because it really messed up their attack. Moylan was just. Oh, he was diabolical in that game. It was really bad. Um, but anyway, let's go back to the, this game. I, I'll say them them odds again. So Palmer Bet has the head to head as South Sydney at one dollar fifty three, uh, the Canberra Raiders at two dollars fifty two. The line has been set with Canberra Raiders getting four and a half point head start at one dollar ninety, and with four, four and a half point handicap, South Sydney at all also one dollar ninety on PalmerBet dot com. Um, I'm going for South Sydney, but I'm not confident, hey? Yeah, I'm not confident either way here. Um, Raiders have got Whiten back. Um, 
I don't know, South. I see their halfback, and he seems to do. He seems to have the basics down. Mm-hmm. But I've not seen anything from him that makes you scream out that he's going to be able to, you know, put a finer point on some of these things and show that he's got a little bit more skill than just being able to do the, you know, the bare minimum, so to speak. Um, look, yeah. he's only young, so obviously he's going to improve and stuff like that. But um, I do worry when you've got a a rookie half and you just throw him straight into the first grade side straight away. Um only the very rare exceptions will work in those cases. Yeah, and the thing that really stands out to me is that, and this isn't his fault because he's a young bloke. He's played, you know, not many first-grade games, so it's not on him. But there seems to be no linkage with Cody Walker at all. And Cody Walker being the, the senior halves partner by quite some way really should be in there doing a lot more to help his young halfback. Um, and, and we're not seeing that. It's almost like they're playing in two different sorts of football teams, you know. So that I think that that's one of their big problems at Souths. But it, at it's Ra- funny you say that. It's kind of the same issue that the Raiders have got. They don't know how to use Whiten in the halves. Well, so yeah. of, often he goes looking for the ball, and that's sometimes the difference between Walker and, and Whiten is Whiten will constantly go looking for the ball because he's, he's come from being a fullback and a centre where you have to do that a bit more often, whereas Walker's always been sort of relying on um, Adam Reynolds to dish it to him when he needs him to use it. Mm. And so it's a little bit different there. And I think that's why a lot of people are saying, you know, Walker needs to go looking for the ball a bit more, which he did do these last two weeks, um, especially last weekend. And, you know, hey, Presto, he looked an awful lot better. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's going to be making sure he does that every week now. Because if he doesn't do that, he's putting a lot of pressure on Elias at halfback, which... He doesn't need. No, not at all. I tell you one one thing about the Raiders' performance last week. It was the young dudes that come into the side um, that, to credit him, Ricky Stewart has brought them in finally this year that were playing pretty well last weekend in their win. And it made me think that, you know, would Whiten be one of those players that they could get rid of and be fine? Like, say they got rid of Whiten. And they saved all that salary cap space. Would they really lose that much? And I don't think they would. You know, um, I think it would be one of those things where they'd be completely fine without him, especially the way he's played over the last eighteen months. Um, I'll be honest. I think um, Charles Nickel Clockstar has not really done much other than his first season, and I think I'd probably be more inclined to move him on and put White and back at fullback. And then you can work on getting a proper, genuine halves pairing there because I think they'd work pretty well behind. Let's be honest, it's a pretty solid forward pack. They've got some unique size bodies there, all with different types of skills, um, which is kind of what you need. And, and Stewart's always been big on building good, you know, good unique sort of forward packs. Um, he's always struggled though getting a, the right halves pairing behind them to make them, you know, you know, get the most value out of them, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I think if you put Whiten back at fullback and focus on getting the half set that you need, the rest of it would fall into place pretty easily. I tell you what, there was a play last weekend with Chance Nickel clogs that where he and he's been crap since he cut his hair. He's been fucking terrible. So there was a play last week where there was a, a kick put in behind the line and he got it right in the corner 
and he did a really good job. And I was like, oh, that was a good play. He really, and then, then he stood up. And I was like, oh, he stood up. <laughs> I was so disappointed because <laughs> they just threw him over the sideline, you know? Yeah. And it just summed up what he's been doing since he cut his hair. Um, it, it's time to move him on immediately. And look, the Raiders could save probably a fair bit of cap space when you think that they're getting rid of um, of uh, Hodgson's ACL and then that they, if they got rid of Whiten to the Dolphins, who the, I'm sure the Dolphins would take him. I'm sure if they said to the Dolphins, look, do you want Clogstad? They could probably get him as well. That would save a lot of salary cap space and maybe allow them to go out into the play mark and get some players that would help with the clean out that they need to do. Also, get rid of Corey Horsburgh. I don't know what the fuck that guy does. All he does is fuck up and cry. Like, that's it. And get sunburned. They're the three things he does. <laughs> get rid of Corey Horsburgh. He's not a first grader, Ricky. I'm trying to fucking save your career here, mate. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I I don't know why... Um, I don't know why he's got he's got a few decent plays there. Why he doesn't play them more often? I, I've always liked Amari Gawler. I thought he's a pretty solid player. Yeah. Put him in the put him on the bench. Sutton's good enough to be in the starting side. You know, put him there. Um, you got know, Adam Elliott, who's a pretty handy ball runner as well. You could put him in the back row if you need to. Yeah, you know, he's got he's got plenty of options there. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is with Horsburgh. As a I remember we spoke about this once before, and he, he does run straight lines. A lot of that's because he doesn't have the agility to move left or right. <laughs> <laughs> he runs good straight lines. I'll give him that. That's about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly sold on him. Nah, I would send him back to whatever farm he came from, because <laughs> it's clear that he's from the you know he's from a farm somewhere. He should be throwing hay bales off the back of his dad's truck or something like. He's not a first-grade footballer. Maybe knocking farm boys. I'm not knocking farm boys. I'm just saying that Corey Horsburgh shouldn't be a rugby league player. That's all. <laughs> Apart from that, he's a fine player. Because <laughs> remember, I mean, Nigel Plum's from the farm. Yeah, but Nigel Plum had some skill and ability. Plus godlike. Godlike many, ability, let's be honest. How many times did Nigel Plum cry? He doesn't have tear ducts. That's the thing. Now, there's nothing wrong with crying. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with crying. If you want to cry, you can cry. But don't do it in first grade. Get rid of him. <laughs> Rumour has it yeah. that when uh, when Nigel Plum was just 13 months old, mm-hmm. he ripped his tear ducts out with his bare hands. Yeah, with a he... he uh, he grabbed them with some pliers and he just tore them out. And he's like, oh, I've been needing these. Yeah, waste. And, uh, but I think they might have been attributed to all the joints not working. That's why he's got all the bandages all the time. Possibly. I heard that he was born wearing a headgear, hey? That's, uh, look, I've, I've heard that too. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. And, uh, shoulders about three meters wide and yeah. they're just made out of crowbars. His poor mum. <laughs> she's she's a she's a lovely lady. Yeah, yeah she's she's a trooper. We lo- we love <laughs> we love Mrs. Plum. Um, 
Now on to the last game of the round. This should be an interesting one. We have the Gold Coast Titans that Palmer Bet has at $2.85 in the head-to-head against the Cronulla Sharks, who are at $1.43. The line has been set with a seven and a half point head start to the Gold Coast Titans. And with the seven and, a, and that's at $1.90. With the seven and a half point handicap, the Cronulla Sharks are also at $1.90. And I am going for the Sharks to bounce back in this game. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going Sharks. And I think they're going to put some points on. Yeah. Mostly because form wise says that they do anyway. Um, they've won their last six games against the Titans. Wow. And the last three times they've reached 30 points. Each time they last three games, forty to ten, thirty to eighteen, and thirty-eight ten. Wow, and they're not even close. I wonder um, if they come back from Magic Round or they just stayed up there. Oh, they they might have stayed up there. It, mm. It's hard to know now because of the bubbles and stuff. I don't know if they're still around or not. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Sharks have got um, Rugby Sevens uh, fullback Lockie Miller at fullback in this game. Yes. So that means that Nico Hines moves to halfback. Well, that's a good Wag, one. Wag Graham moves into the, the run-on side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tig Wilton, who's been, let's be honest, he's been in fucking sublime form so far this year. He's on the bench. Um, Andrew Fafita also comes onto the bench as well. So they're going for a pretty decent-sized bench in this game. Um, that's because Titans have a pretty big bloody forward pack of their own there. Yeah. Um. Tino had a bloody big big game on the weekend. He has been very good for the Titans right the way through. Mm. Um, uh, so has the, the other dude. Oh, I can't remember his name. The State of Origin guy plays for Queensland off the bench. Jared Wallace? Nope. Fodawaker? Oh, Fodawaker, yeah. yeah he, well. He's been very good stu- still. Um, I think Brimson's been pretty good considering the positions that he's been asked to play and what he's been asked to do. But there's a lot of plays in that Titans team that um, really give up the ghost pretty quickly, unfortunately. And I think that that will be their downfall against the Sharks. They need a hooker. Yes. Yes. They, they, really, they really need a, a really good um, hooker. Oh, Clark's serviceable, but that's about it. Um, it's one of the no, things not- that... Is is very common up in uh on the Gold Coast the need for a good hooker. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's long been an issue. I mean, there was a period here a few a few years ago where they had too many hookers, which seems odd. Yeah, that, you've got to find the right hooker balance, don't you? If you have too many, it just spoils everything. If you don't yeah. have enough, you're just left without good service. So um, and look, you need to be you need to get good service. One hundred percent. That's why I think that if they You've got to use your salary cap right because if you get the right hooker that will service correctly, um, that they're worth their weight in gold. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely something that needs to be considered there by the coach. Um, their three quarter line is largely trash. I don't know how they fix that. Uh, yeah, it's just a, a case of just you know get, getting through the the contracts that they've signed with some of these people. Like I, when I watch Kelly play, he goes between like being a little bit dangerous and diabolically bad, you know, and, which, uh, is, which is why he's been dumped. Yeah. Well, good, good. It's about fucking time. Um, yeah. it's, yeah, you know, that 
the Titans, they, they had me early on and they lost me. And I'm not coming back. No, that's, I'm, I'm much the same. So, yeah, I'm going Sharks there as well. Excellent. Now, there was a little bit of sad news that came out last night from over in England. Um, former Wigan chairman Morris Lindsay passed away. Um, yes, I heard about that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what he passed away from. I believe he was about 81. Um, and he, I, I dare say, is probably the most well-known English rugby league administrator in the last, maybe forever, um, the last person that I would suggest um, carried any weight outside of England as a rugby league administrator uh, and somebody that actually did things in rugby league that were really good ideas and ran a really good club. And uh, it was sad to see that he had passed away. Actually, and let's be honest, they're not, and we're not even talking in recent times here. England's not been um, plumb with luck when it comes to having great administrators in its game in, in its history going back quite a long way. Mm-hmm. They've all been kind of inward looking. Um, Lindsay, though, was quite the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, very, very good administrator. There's no doubt about it. So um, it's a shame that he wasn't able to, you know, continue working in some capacity with the English Super League after he left um, because, God damn, they needed that guidance and that that brain and that intellect and that know-how. It just hasn't been an administrator like him since. Not even, not even close. Not even, yeah, exactly. And and not only that, like the, you know, he had balls and, and leadership, you know, and he was willing to try things and do things that, um, and really go for it. I think that I, whenever I think of Morris Lindsay, I think of a guy who, if he had his way, English rugby league would have expanded, you know, and and taken on the world. And, yeah, it, there's been no one like him out of the English game and, and no, certainly nobody that carries the sa- same uh, respect, I think it's fair to say. So, oh, yeah, I fully it was, agree. It was sad to see, see his passing. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. Um, now, you were saying before that there was some story involving Benny Elias. Okay, so Benny Elias, and I, look, I don't watch NRL 360 because I'm not a dumb, dumb head. Um, and I've got better things to do with my time than to hear a bunch of old men sitting around um, just saying horrible things about young footballers. But Benny Elias was on this show, apparently, and he had this really good idea where they should give double points during Magic Round. Why? Because it's a it's an innovation, Andrew. Is he what related to the innovation? Johns brothers by chance? <laughs> the what? Is he related to the Johns brothers? <laughs> sort of a dumb fucking idea, is that? It's a great idea. I don't know why you would think it's a bad idea where we have this one random round where games are worth four competition points. Why do they keep talking to this stupid cunt? I don't know. Fuck me. He's not intelligent. He's not a fucking West Tigers legend. He never played for the club. He never wore one of their jumpers. Stop talking to him. He's a fucking... 
he had one of the great moments in Balmain history, Andrew. What, hitting the crossbar in the 89 grand final? Yeah, there was no one else that ever did anything for the Balmain Tigers, from what I've heard. You, you know what his you know what his second best highlight is? What? Getting absolutely fucking folded in half by Brad Izzard, I don't think it was. Or was it Steve Carter? It was one of those two. God damn, that was nuts. Either one. Last time I saw it hit that big was when um, Cohen Hess completely fucking destroyed Mitch Moses up in Darwin a few years back. <laughs> oh man. Um. <laughs> yeah. And I miss I miss Steve Carter. He was such a good player. Massively underrated. I mean, I was a huge fan of his. Massively underrated player. So tough. tough as... and you, you know, I watched him, and he played in some of them terrible Panthers teams. And he was a standout in those terrible Panthers teams. Like, he was still the class of it. He was still yeah. fantastic. Um, and, yeah, just such a good player. Like, oh, I, I really miss having him playing footy and running around on footy fields. Um, by the way, the Storm have confirmed that Craig Bellamy will continue as coach for 2023. That's good news, eh? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> You're fucking excited about that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. I was just, I'll be honest. I saw a story that said um, the Wigan Warriors had confirmed the departure of Zach Hardiker, and I went, oh, I didn't hear about that, and I looked at the date of the article when you started saying that story, and I went, oh, fuck, that's a month ago. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was, uh, I, th- I think that that was one of those things where they were sick of his shit. I think something happened, and they were just sick of it, and, and uh, I thought I maybe they were, they were waiting for him to get a tattoo of the, the, the Warriors logo, but he's got nowhere left to put one other than in the middle of his face. <laughs> Remember when he came over and played for the Panthers and it was just like, what the fuck oh. is going on? <laughs> the, the Panthers did everything to try and accommodate them. They went, oh, we'll give you a few games at wing. We'll give you a game at centre. We'll put you a fullback. And he just kept getting worse. And went, you, you can go home now. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, they really did. They were very quite, they were quite Actually, good with him. And it just was bad. Didn't the Panthers palm him off to the Titans briefly? Or am I thinking of someone else? You know what? He might have come there from the Titans. Because there was... No. no, it wasn't him. Who was the other one? There was a guy that went to the Titans briefly. I thought he was at Penrith first. I, I can't think of who that would be. Because Cal- yeah. I remember Callum Watkins signed for the uh, Titans and basically so, didn't play at all. He was that just might not- be who I was thinking of. Yeah. And but then there was remember there was that random dude that um, Matthew Elliott signed, see <laughs> or something like that. Who? There was this dude. There was, like he what he was. It was as though I don't know. If, I think it was like a championship player or something, and the Panthers signed him. And I think his name was Wallacey or something like that, and. He was this English dude, and it was like, what is this all about? And it just never, never come to anything. I don't think he played one, mm. one first grade game. Like, let's see if I can find out who that was. Yeah, as the name does ring a bell. Yeah, I I can't even tell you where he ended up or where he come from. <laughs> and of course, because you, know, okay, because. Okay, I'm go- I'll, I'll describe him without describing him to you. And we've talked about how the media does this. Yeah. He was described as Penrith 
looking to get the next Black Pearl. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're pretty good at the media like that, aren't they? They, they are. Yeah. They are. Oh, horribly, horribly. Yeah. They do that with any player from England. <laughs> it's so bad. It's terrible. It's fucking terrible. I think the problem is the Australian media only knows of two far, former, um, like in in recent living memory, great players from England. That's O'Fire and Hanley. Mm, yeah. So they always compare them to those two. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, he I I I can't tell you anything else about him. I might even be getting his name wrong, you know. But that he was signed by Matthew Elliott, and he come over, and I I think he might have had a really good good stint with the Windsor Wolves for a season and then probably went back home. <laughs> As you Just, do. You know, good luck to him. He come over and played rugby league in Australia for a year. You it's know, basically a working holiday. Yeah, exactly. I'm not mad at him. You probably come over and pick some fruit for 15 bucks an hour cash. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, what else has been going on? Not too much that I can think of, to be honest with oh, you. Um, there was something else. Mm-hmm. Paul Kent allegedly stepped down from his radio program because, um, essentially, when he found out that it was he wasn't allowed to continue bullying his co-workers, he got mm-hmm. the shits and decided to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what happened. Unfortunately, um, he, he didn't like not being able to bully his co-workers. Yeah. And that was it. He was like, well... I've got some stipulations here, so I'm out. Mm, sorry. You're too woke for me. Yeah. <laughs> so off he went. Back to his hole in, well, NRL 360. Yeah. Um, yeah. No one's watching that. I wonder why. I know, because it's shit. Um, have we had any emails? You know what? I went to my email machine before, and there was like 68 messages and most of them were written in what I believe is Russian. So I ah. <laughs> I just I was going through deleting and I got to about 48 messages before we started recording. So I don't believe we have any, though. So if you want to send through an email, send it directly to us because I'm going to shut down the email form on the well, Fergun Freak website because I'm just getting spam from it, you know? Although... Freaky here is obviously racist against Russians because all these Russian rugby league fans are just getting their shit fucking deleted. <laughs> you know if you know, how, <laughs> you know how I can tell it's all spam because it'll be like it, it'll be in Russian, but then it's just one line and a link, and one lo- and it's over and over and over again. So um, so yeah, but anyway, um, so if you want to send us an email, go to your email machine and. Pull a lever and type in podcast at leaguefreak.com. Make the subject um, podcast and just write an email. It can be anything. It can be rugby league related. It can be non-rugby league related. It can be about absolutely anything you want to talk about or you want us to say on the podcast. Yeah, we are. I mean, we are here for you. Mm, mm. We really are. We try to be here for the people. Thanks to palmabet.com. That's right. We are the, we are the people's podcast. We really are. I have to put that on there somewhere. It, it, we should. It's cool to be one of the big guns in the podcasting 
universe, the rugby league podcasting universe, one of the mainstream ones, eh? Are we mainstream? Yeah, we're mainstream. Because mainstream is now us. That's why the corporate media is corporate, because they're not mainstream anymore. Because they don't say mainstream shit. They just say dumb shit. Well, that's true. That's true. They are dumb. Yes. I didn't think hey, did you see the fighting in the stands from at Magic Round? Yeah, all I saw was some Sharks fan smashing some bloke in the face. Mm-hmm. And um, basically security were too busy watching, I guess. I mean, yeah. fuck, I'm not getting paid enough to break that shit up. It was a weird one, hey, that the security wasn't there to do anything. Um, mm. I I can't imagine ever getting so angry at a rugby league game where I get into a fight unless somebody really did something horrible to me and then, then you would throw down. And you never know what's happened beforehand. Um, but, yeah, and then there was the incident with somebody saying something to Jackson Hastings when he was kicking a goal and he yeah, got I, kicked I must out. admit, I'm not, I'm not prompting you to tell me, but I had, I don't actually know what was said. I, and I've only heard that someone said something nasty to him. Yeah, I don't um, know either. I don't know either. I tend uh, to, when that stuff happens, I tend to have a quick look at what happened and then, uh, you, you know, I think it, it's really easy to give a lot of oxygen to an idiot by posting it and reposting things and stuff like that. And, um, you know, well, you add, you're adding to the no, the notoriety that they're trying to achieve. Yes. Yes. But that's the main thing. And the, the best thing is to obviously just, you know, if, if people want to be out of fuckwits, um, let them do it on their time. Mm-hmm. If you want to have a go at them, just reply to them. Don't, you know, don't advertise the, the shit that they say. I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I, I know I've been guilty of quote tweeting journalists. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit different though because they're in the public sphere, um, and their shit gets spread a mile anyway. I'm, it's not like I'm helping them in any way. Everyone already knows their shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but fans and regular people who are saying just sick stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird when you. There's, there's no room for that. No, nah, there's they, no point. There's no point promoting that around and sharing it around and stuff. No, there's it's weird when you see, and I don't follow footy players on Instagram or anything like that, but I get told by people about some of the posts that are put on Instagram to players, and mm. it's, I just don't understand it. Like, I get if you're saying if you're watching the game, and you're like, oh, so and so is terrible or whatever, but. After the fact, to then be like, okay, I'm going to search this person out and tell them that they're shit. I I don't get that. Like, you know. Well, first of all, you must be a really sad, pathetic, just wanker to want to have to go do that, go to those levels to express your um, level of anger mm. over a game which, in the whole grand scheme of our lives, Every single rugby league game means next to nothing. Yeah, it's supposed to be fun. <clears throat> That's all it is. It's a yeah. bit of fun. Yeah. It's an escape from your, your every, you know, everyday bloody life. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, for people to get that pissed off over it, that they're going to behave like that and, um, you know, abuse fans, uh, sorry, players and stuff like that, on, oh, I just don't get it. That's... You- you know, I saw an interesting thing today where 
they talked to the head of the NBA who's called Adam Silver. He's a, the, um, what do they call them in the NBA? They don't call them the chairman or the CEO. What do they call him? The commissioner, 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 commissioner of the NBA. And they were talking to him because they've brought in uh, gambling over there in the US. And it's really funny when you listen to their podcasts because when they will do their sponsor for the for a gambler, say say they do it's palmabet.com. And we ha- we say gamble responsibly, right, when we talk about palmabet.com. But then they will have to go through however many different states have different sorts of gambling <laughs> tags on the end. So they <laughs> literally have 12 different tags they've got to add to the end of the gambling uh, advertisements, which is really weird. But anyway, they were talking to Adam Silver today and they asked him whether uh, the emergence of gambling in the US sports scene and in the NBA has led to fans being more aggressive towards players. And he didn't believe it had. But that was something that I'd never thought of before because I know you will probably see this when when a team loses for whatever, and it can be for whatever reason, like it might be for it was a close game and there was a, a weird mistake or the one team blew out the other team, whatever it is. There's always going to be one person that's like, oh, the fucking, this is all fucking rigged because of the fucking gambling, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, geez, dude, come on. Like, what are you talking about? It's also going to be the people who go and, you know, they'll attack someone and say, well, that fucking missed goal of yours cost me three grand. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's like, oh, yeah, that's what they were thinking about when they were lining up the goal. You know, it's. Yeah. How can I weird... fuck over Joe Blow and make sure he doesn't get three grand because he doesn't support my team? I oh, know. I'll just miss this goal and cost my team a win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, fucking hell. It's, it's a weird one. And I think that you do get those people and like, I think you can line it up with the people that are maybe fighting at games and everything where you're going to have a a tiny, tiny percentage of people that just can't control themselves on some level. And, and, and they just, you know, for whatever reason, they're just ready to lash out at people around them, you know, and it's sometimes it's a player, sometimes it's other fans, sometimes it's whoever, but it's uh I don't understand it because I always think like you know if if you take the two clubs that hate each other the most whoever they're going to be and you can have an argument about that the people that support those two different clubs have so much in common compared to most other people because they both love the exact same sport even if they don't like each other's clubs and that's the way I've always looked at footy and I think that I know that you're the sort of person that can sit down and watch any football game and enjoy it. It doesn't matter who wins or whatever. If there's a good game of footy, you can sit down and be like, oh, this team, you know, so glad to see a great game of footy. Yeah. Um, but then there's some people that are just like, this is my team and I hate everyone else. And I, I've, I've never really understood that. I've never understood the, I, I've never understood this thing of like, I love football, but I hate 15 other teams that play it. Yeah, it's it's something I always find amazing is how because the thing with those people is the fact that they can sit there and defend all of the players who wear their jumper, mm. and you think, oh, there must be fans that play, and as soon as that player changes clubs, fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. It's really weird, hey? Like, 
how can you show loyalty to someone just because of a piece of clothing that they wear? I don't get it. Like, I I don't get I don't get loyalty to athletes on that sort of a level. I, I you know, I casually used to watch the NBA an awful lot and I had you know, one player I used to like watching the most is was Vince Carter. Mm-hmm. So I would follow the games and the teams he played for. I wasn't following the team, just watching him play pretty much. Um, but when it comes to sport like rugby league, which I follow all the time, especially as a kid, mm-hmm. I followed Tim Brash when he played for Balmain. And when he left the club, I didn't hate him, mm. but I also didn't go around watching every game he played. I couldn't really anyway. Um, you know, so I just watch all the, still watch all the Balmain games. They're still my team. But if I, you know, Balmain played the Cowboys when he was there or played South, I still watch him and still watch what he does and still sort of, still saw him as, as one of the Balmain players. I didn't see him as someone that needs to be hated anymore. And most of my favorite players and, you know, even favorite cricketers, they weren't from my team or from, from Australia, you know, the, you know, when it comes to cricket, my favorite cricketer was, was he a cream? I can love that man. Absolute genius. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I'm, my judgment is based on the skill level and what they do to entertain me, I guess. Yeah, I, I get that completely. I, I know, um, I mean, I'm watching kick out this year and I think he's been outstanding this year. And all I can think of is like, how good is he going to be next year in the Bulldogs team? And and how will Burton be using him, you know, and, and things like that. Um, I'm an NBA fan. I've always been a Rockets fan. And when James Harden left, and I loved watching James Harden, and, and luckily we got the very, very last bit of good goodness out of James Harden's career. Um, but I didn't hate him when he left. I was very disappointed with how it happened. But and and like seeing what happened to him in Philadelphia this uh you know this postseason with the the seventy sixes it was sad to watch you know um but I didn't hate him it's you know I like watching basketball <laughs> so it, yeah I, I've I've never understood the the thing where you all of a sudden turn on a player um and sometimes you see people they'll turn on a player early before they leave their club that's another weird one. Yeah, uh, it's it's fucking weird. I don't understand how people can be like that. Like, surely, surely the sport itself and the entertainment it provides you is paramount to anything else. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. Mm. Speaking of entertainment, it's been funny because people probably don't know it. The Australian Rugby Union was they won their right to host the 2027 Rugby Union World Cup in Australia. How are they going to afford that? Well, I think that they got a bit of a grant from the whatever Rugby Union's World Cup body calls themselves. In the IRB? I, I think they changed to, I think they might call themselves World Rugby now. Okay. Um, I think. but and, and they would have got a, a grant from the government and so, and from the whatever they fucking call themselves over there. Anyway, so... Um, the first thing that started coming out immediately, because no one cared, like it made no news at all. And the first thing that started coming out immediately was, here they come, they're going to start spending on NRL players. They got, they're going to pick the eyes out of the NRL. And it's funny because the grant of three NRL clubs is worth more each year than the entire broadcasting um, agreement between 
the Australian Rugby Union and their broadcast partners in Australia. And at, like we're talking about a difference in spending power between the two organisations that are so, it's it's not even close. It's just not even close. Um, but I thought it was funny that that's the only way that any sort of interest could be generated at all was that they had to talk about possibly buying rugby league players that they can't afford to get any interest in in this kick and clap competition that they're going to play in apparently 2027. Hasn't it been the case, though, for quite a while that that's been going on? What? That rugby union has been relying on rugby league in order to make itself sound relevant. Yeah, it has been, yeah. Yeah, and look, it's... Someone was telling me, because I, I saw an article uh, about a week and a half ago where they were saying that Rugby Union actually had a magic round a few weeks ago, and they held it in Melbourne. And they played all the games at that that rectangular stadium in Melbourne, and it got less people over the entire round than the Storm got to the to a game the following weekend. Just one game. Are you serious? They had a magic round down here. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. That it was. I think uh, I'll be honest. Okay, I, I go into this, you know, into the city every day. I use two trains to get to work every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, train stations are. I, I have seen zero advertising for anything about rugby union whatsoever in all of that journeys. Yeah, yeah. I I legit had zero idea. It's not on radio. I've not seen ads for it anywhere online. Haven't seen anything at train stations. Not even a a piece of A4 paper printed in black and white using MS paints stuck on a pole next to, you know, Frank's cat's missing. Mm-hmm. None of those. Yeah. I've learned more about Frank's missing cat than I have about the rugby union magic round. Well, they they apparently they had this magic round. I didn't know about it until I read there was – because I always find it funny that rugby union types in Australia will – say, like, the, this is what the problem is with rugby union in Australia. And then they will not talk about the elephant in the room, which is obviously the NRL. And so I saw an article about it, and I was like, what's this thing? There was a ma- They held a magic round? And, yeah, they held it in Melbourne. And apparently the crowd was beyond abysmal for the whole thing. Um, I mean, the, the New South Wales team, rugby union team, they play at Leichhardt Oval now. Yeah, so I, I remember uh, saying something about that not too long ago. Mm. I was like, wow, they play at one of the minor home grounds for the West Tigers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, I would bet that the crowds, when they play there, are terrible, you know. Um, it's it's really weird, and and so there's this big thing of like, oh, yeah, they're going to come after rugby league now, and it's like, they're not even in the same stratosphere as the Australian Rugby League, and... Um, if that's if that's the way they want to go, the you know within the next eight years after that World Club is, Cup is played, they'll be an amateur sport in Australia again at the, their highest level. So um, I thought that that was interesting to to see that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think if they're ever going to get themselves back on their feet, mm-hmm. they really do need to stop talking about rugby league and just say, you know what, we need to just bunker down and figure out how the fuck we're going to fix this problem. Stop worrying about every other sport. We need to worry about ourselves first, foremost, and nothing else. But they they won't. They refuse to accept that they've fallen behind rugby league. 
And it's not a recent thing. It happened ages ago. Oh, yeah. So they've got to stop thinking that there's some sort of competition there or that it's, you know, there's a chance they can get back. Old rugby league versus rugby union thing died out from generously in the 80s. And it sort of came back to pro- to prominence during the 90s during the Super League war because rugby league was eating itself. Yeah. And rugby union was doing pretty well in Australia at the time. And it's the two sort of went hand in hand. And so... But when you think but about it... That was it, the last time that they came back, and they were only really prominent there for, what, four or five years? Around, yeah. the, you know, around and after the Super League War, and then it just disappeared off a cliff again. And if you think about it, too, like, the Super League War hits, right, and Rugby League has all of this money poured into it, but it is immediately basically set on fire. So nothing comes of that money for Rugby League. And out of the Super League War, Rugby League basically is running on a shoestring budget compared to what they would want to be, right? Yeah. But they're still overall spending way, way more than rugby union is in Australia. It's just a much bigger sport in Australia than rugby union. But rugby union turns professional in 1995 as a result of the Super League War, right? So all of a sudden they get this big influx of money that they've got all of this money or that they're now they're paying taxes. And so what do you do with all this money? And your main competitor is stuck tightening their budget, you go and you buy some of their stars. And they bought, how many did they buy? Like five or six, maybe, you know, didn't get the big, big stars in the game. Their highest profile players were wingers. Okay. (laughs) And, and then the money dries up, you know, and now what? Now you're just left with not much of anything. Now they're the ones having to tighten the belt. And I just can't believe that that was the big, that was the big thing they got out of it was like, oh, we're going to get a bit of money for 2027. Let's buy some rugby league players. It's like, you dummies. If they had any any brains at all, they would go to the NRL and say, can we stop being at war with you? Can you start funding us, please? Because that's the only way that they will get any sort of anything. Because if you're a, a young rugby talent in Australia, why would you limit yourself to the possibility of playing for one of the teams that play out of Leichhardt Oval or something in the highest level of Australian Rugby Union, when you could go and play for one of what's going to be 17 NRL clubs who all spend $10 million each a year on players, that's $170 million every year is spent on rugby league players in Australia as, as well as the Warriors. It's just an economical thing, you know, it's like, yeah. There's one place where they're spending 170 million bucks in the Southern Hemisphere on players, and there's another place where they're not. Where would you go? Exactly. This is the thing too. Is I think the the problem of the obvious problem is rugby union doesn't like rugby league because rugby union looks at rugby league and they're always reminded of their own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and without going into a long, drawn-out episode on the history of the, you know, how the split happened, which I'm sure people are interested in, we'll do that very, very soon. Yeah. Um, essentially, there's a lot of things that Rugby Union did at an administrative level regarding its players. Some you're, you're obviously known about, and that is, you know, players weren't paid, but the officials were. But there are also things that weren't really advertised too much, and that is in the few years before the split happened, Rugby Union's um, governing body, which was the Metropolitan Rugby Union, they decided that 
the onus of insuring players was not going to be on the MRU anymore. It was going to be on all of the individual clubs. And if the club wasn't making enough money because, you know, they weren't winning, they weren't getting the gate takings, then they would only insure some of their players. And once that started happening, a lot of the players in the um, poorer teams, because they didn't have a salary cap, they would just then relocate to a suburb. You know, that was probably the only way they could change clubs, was to relocate to a suburb where there was another team. But when talk of a rebel competition come up, a lot of players just went, we're playing that instead. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about the money. They were not being paid much. They were basically being paid for, um, a, you know, a day's work of that have been working that day instead of playing footy. It's not a week's pay. It's not this big, long contract. It's a day's pay. That's all it was. Um, but they were being insured as well. Uh, that's That's it. They just wanted to be looked after if they got injured. So they're still basically playing the game for the love of it. They're getting a little bit of coin on the side, but it, well, it's not on the side. It's all under the, you know, uh, over the table. Everyone can see what's going on. It's all hunky dory and fine. There, there's complete. Um, I don't know. I forgot the word I was going to use there. You know, every, everyone knows what's going on. It's professionalism. It's all above board. Um, but they wanted to be insured as well. So, you know. If you're injured, you're not going to get paid. But if you're insured, you're still going to get paid. And that's that's the bit they wanted more than anything else, was that being insured more than anything else. And not being insured with that onus being hung over the uh, the clubs. Because there were some teams like West, Annandale, Cumberland, um, in those early years, even Norse, where they struggled to be successful for much of the first you know 10 years minimum. So having the league looking after the insurance things, and they had what they called an ambulance fund, which paid for an ambulance to be at every game. Simple things. You just look after the players. Yeah. And that's all yeah. it took. And they came yeah. over in droves. I tell you what, if there's got to be, like, because obviously broadcasters are the lifeblood of modern-day sport. And it makes you wonder, like, if you've got a broadcaster that comes in and, and, and you're the super rugby competition as they call it where it's the Australian teams who are terrible and the New Zealand teams who are playing you know it's like having the New Zealand teams playing in the Sydney competition but it's you know 2022 it's (laughs) it's just not economically viable to have that many teams in all of New Zealand and and think it's going to work if the broadcaster goes to them and and they've tried to change rules they've got a and it's funny they don't have a video ref they've got a television match official they don't have a 40-20. They've got like a something like a 50-something, you know. They've got all of these rules that they are half a rugby league rule, but they don't want to say rugby league's doing it right. So they just change them a little bit. Um, if if you go in the broadcaster says, look, what if we played one round with a play the ball? Would you watch that? Um. Because I'd watch it. I'd want to see what was going on. The thing is, if if you were to watch Rugby Union, you're watching it for the differences between it and Rugby League. I get it, right? Yeah. I'm not saying that the differences are good or bad. But what if no um, one's watching it? Yeah, I would change... I wouldn't change the... 
the play the ball thing or the ruck thing because I think once you do that, yeah, it starts looking a lot like league. That's a pretty big change that league made to differentiate it between the two, and I think it would be a huge change. There's other changes you could make, such as taking three players off the field, made it 12 versus 12, mm-hmm. or you know, something along those lines. Just change it up so that they freed up more players, and that way your your breakdowns and your malls are have less players in them. Um, you don't get so much gang tackling, and so with less gang tackling, it also means there's going to be a lot more uh, what they call recycling or you know um, phases, and that's where they just have you know essentially tackle after tackle after tackle. Um, but if you've got less players and, and smaller gang tackles going on, there's a chance that Fords might actually be promoted to start offloading the ball. That opens up play a bit more because you have all the forwards in one area. It's like having a scrum every single tackle. So you've just got the backs all free. And if you've got less forwards on the field, those malls get smaller, so they get less unsightly, I guess. But it also means when you have them, you're getting all the big men out of the way. The ball goes out. There's bigger gaps. There's more chance for more free-flowing footy. And it's not so much about having high scores, and they've got to realise this, is that high scores didn't bring in the people through the gates. We saw that in rugby league in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. People hated it. What mm-hmm. they want is competition. Yeah. What rugby union could do is say, you know what, we're not going to have five-point tries anymore. We will go back to three-point tries. Or four-point tries if they want. But five is too much. It's ridiculous. Well, it's it, it's and it's because rugby league picked a the perfect scoring system for the sorts of sports they are. Like for rugby union, it, it would be absolutely ideal for a one point field goal, a two point you know kicked goal, and a four point try. That's the perfect one, right? But they yeah. can't do that. They can't say rugby league was right. I just no. wonder, like, if you had because rugby union in Australia, especially, no one's watching it. Absolutely, no one. And I just wonder if they had one round of that Super Rugby Union competition where they used to play the ball. That was just the one rule they changed. They were like, you get tackled, you play the ball. And if that one round, they went from having no one watching to a million people watching each game, like they do rugby league games, I, <laughs> that's it. There's there's no going back at that point. No, that, that's true. And, and that's why they won't do it. Oh, but, of course, of course. Because, look, they don't want to look like rugby league. No. But the the problem with that is, and the, I mean, the the New Zealand Rugby Union must be really concerned about this fact because they have, they have traditionally leaned a little bit on the the market in Australia and overseas, but they have leaned more heavily towards wanting to have their domestic competition generating the money as well yeah. in, over the last, say, 20 or 30 years. Now that's not happening. And because of that, they're going to lose a lot of players over to overseas clubs. And so how do you generate money out of like 5 million New Zealanders, which is very difficult, and then your next-door neighbour who you've traditionally relied upon, who's country 26 million, the game has just died here. And so what do you do? Like, you're like a bit of a shag on a rock. And the other thing is, too, while that's all happening in that country of 26 million, 
they're spending $170 million a year on, let's call them rugby players overall, um, every single fucking year. And they're expanding the competition. So that will be more, you know, eventually it's going to be $180 million every year. And it's, uh, it's a weird position to be in. And I just wonder how that all plays out. Uh, especially when you consider that in this part of the world, rugby, playing rugby means running with the ball. It doesn't mean standing around kicking goals, you know? So I, I just probably got is that. It's, I mean, you kind of touched on it with the scoring system. What they did is they thought we need to, we understand people want to see tries being scored. So they went, let's jack up the scoring for tries from three points to five. Mm. Sure, it was a good idea and it helped make teams go for scoring tries. Problem was, though, the scoring that took place back then was mostly through penalty goals and field goals. Mm. Rugby league went through the same cycle in the 60s and 70s. Mm. You don't jack up the the value of something else when you know teams teams weren't refusing to score tries. They were still keen to score tries. It was still a high scoring play. But because in rugby union, typically the defence is a lot harder to get through because there's two extra players on the field and they're usually defenders. You know they're forwards. It's harder to get through them. So teams instead would just go. Oh, once we get in a good position, all the defense is basically standing in a straight line. Just kick a penalty, uh, kick a field goal, kick a penalty goal if you get a penalty chance, and just take the easy points the whole way through. And that's what it was all about. It was, it was always trying to make you think that it was more of a game of chess mm. than rugby league was. And what people wanted to see was an actual contest, and they see field goals and penalty goals after a while as being a cheap way out mm-hmm. because really what your, you know, your goal should be to try and score the maximum points you can on a play, which would be a try converted. And they were going, yeah, let's just take the field goal. Cause you know, we can, and it's easy. We can, you know, we can be down by 10, but if we get up there and we pot five of these fuckers scores a level and that's what happens too often. And it just, it doesn't feel like when you've done that and you win a game and some team scored two tries and you've kicked, you know, five penalty goals. It doesn't feel like the team that kicked all the penalty goals has actually been the better team. Like everyone just thinks in their mind, the team that scores the most tries should be the one that wins, mm. not the one that kicks the most uncontested points. Yes. And so and that's, that's the problem they've got is that they, they didn't drop the number of points for a field goal. I think they have three points for a penalty goal. That's just stupid. Silly. So in, in closing, really, um, the New Zealand rugby union, they should just switch to league. If they did that, it would be, they'd be straight away financially better off. They would be respected. They'd be, they, they, they could create the 18th team. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, look, if say they say they said we're going to switch to rugby league, right? Even just on a domestic level, I I would be happy with them adding three teams straight away. They probably will struggle really, really badly, but you're looking for the future, you know. And I I don't care who them teams are, um, but they would be you know, taking up part of the NRL's gigantic money windfall from broadcasters. You would have, between Australia and New Zealand, uh, New Zealand, you would have 30 million people that would be watching this competition 
religiously. Uh, you know, internationals would be huge. Um, you know, the Pacific Islands would all get on board with them. It'd be the start of something pretty interesting. Or they can just continue the way they're going and, you know, end up just playing regular old club football between local sides in New Zealand while the NRL starts dropping teams in there anyway in New Zealand and spending, you know, at the moment $10 million a year on players. And as we go forward, it'll be $20 million on New Zealand players and then 30 and then 40 And how do they compete with that? They can't. They no, should have right. sided with Hitler. That's what it comes down to. They sided with Hitler in France and they fucked up. And they're getting their just desserts now. Yeah, karma, karma will wait if if need be to to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it can be pretty nasty. Um, Remember when we were a rugby league podcast? Yeah, I was actually, I was about to get back to it. I just saw a story here we could probably quickly chat about. Mm-hmm. Twelve years after it was shuttered down, the derelict Balmain's Leagues Club is finally ready for a rebuild after the state government ditched plans to use the Brazil site as a dirt dumping during construction of the Western Harbour Tunnel. Chinese developer Hewis can now proceed with plans approved in 2020 to rebuild a West Tigers Leagues Club alongside 167 apartments, a town square, art studio and supermarket, originally valued at $400 million. Can I just ask you, Andrew, how mm. many times have you read finally Balmain Leagues Club can be? Well, the difference this time, mm-hmm. I think there's two differences this time. First one is, mm-hmm. yeah, is uh, I thought you said hang on. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> okay, so the first major change here is the developer is not Elias. Okay. Second one is, um, it's not trying to be 437,000 kilometers high. Yeah, that, I, I gathered that was a problem with locals. <laughs> yeah, they didn't like it. Um, air traffic also said it's too high. Mm-hmm. Um, Benny's going, no, nope, it's going to be four hundred and thirty-seven thousand kilometers high. I'm not, I'm not budging on it. And then he put in another bit to make it six hundred and fifty-seven kilometers high. Because mm-hmm. that would work after it got knocked down for being too high to start with. Make it taller, that'll be fine. Well, the problem, yeah, if it's too tall, the problem is go go higher. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So those are the, the two big sticking points, mm-hmm. um, which it looks like it's got around that. Um, a lot of it's because West Ashfield took over the whole the whole process. Yeah. And obviously they did that because they want to build a site, you know, something there that they're going to get a return on long term as well. Mm-hmm. And they're a smart, smart outfit, West Ashfield. They know what they're doing. Because um, let's be honest, they're making all the money, which is helping to pretty much prop up the West Tigers club pretty much. Yeah, it's a weird situation where like like you and me remember when Balmain Leagues Club, it was like a thing, you know, it was a, it was a place and yeah. Then it it wasn't. It was sort of shut up shop and everything. And there's this weird thing that you'll see, you know, Balmain supporters, and it's not many of them these days, but they'll be like, you know what? When we get our leagues club back and we'll we'll break up the joint venture and we'll be Balmain again. It's like, what fucking planet are you dummies on? It's go and go just go to the leagues club that you think you've you've got. It doesn't exist. It's all over. That's finished, you know? And um 
as you say, it's basically going to be an arm of West Ashfield with a a tiger logo on the front. Yeah. What what'll happen is, um, and look, this is not confirmed, but I'm almost certain that this is what's going to happen. Once it gets built, if it gets built, it's not going to be a Balmain Rugby League leagues club or anything like that. It's not going to be a West Ashfield one. It's not going to have a magpie on it. It's going to be a West Tigers one. It's going to have a West Tigers logo on it. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about that is it'll probably be where they'll move all their administration offices to. Mm-hmm. They'll do all of their training then out of Leichhardt. Well, they should be based in fucking MacArthur. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Stupid. I, Stupid. I, I, and I, this is not a West Ashfield thing. The people running the West Tigers Leagues Club will see this shiny new Leagues Club and they'll go, oh, let's move all of our stuff over there because yeah. it's going to have all of these apartments and offices and stuff there. Let's go over there. We'll use that. So I'm hoping that the... Um, I don't know. Maybe the council at the MacArthur Way can build some sort of fancy office area, corporate sort of sector, and just say, you know what, West Tigers, if you're willing to move out here, we'll let you use these facilities here rent-free for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Just get them out there. And once they're out there and they're based there, if, they've got their, if they're doing all their admin and administration, all sort of stuff out there, everything else is soon going to go out there as well. That's all it's going to take. Someone's got to make a move to make them permanently located somewhere, and they'll drag them over. Okay, so I'm not going to go on any more West Tigers rants. I, I, I made a promise to start of the year I wasn't going to do it too often. I want to kind of stick to it a little bit for a little bit longer anyway. <laughs> um, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll wrap this, uh, this sucker up, hey? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. That sounds like a plan. Um, thank you to palmabet.com for all of their betting odds for this uh, episode. Remember to go to palmabet, sign up. Uh, it's a great service. They've got really good betting odds as well, and um, they're a major sponsor. So if you can support the people that supports us, we'd really appreciate it. Absolutely. And always gamble responsibly. 100%. And if you want to f- follow us on uh, on the social, you can, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, MySpace. So check us out on all of those. Um, and I know I didn't mention in the intro, so I'm going to do it now. You can find League Freak on Twitter, at League Freak. Oh, Give yeah. me a follow. Yeah. Where can um, I find you on Twitter? Oh, pfft. who knows? No, it's at Andrew RP. Ah, oh, sweet. You can also find uh, at Rugby League Proj on there. It's just project without ECT on the end because there's too many characters. Yeah, yeah. Rugby League Proj is a great follow. Yeah. Um, and... The good thing about Rugby League Proj is it won't fill up your timeline with lots of shit because we don't tweet from it very often, mostly because we forget to. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Let's, let's just, well, yeah, we'll leave it at that. We could be doing lots of updates on there and lots of stats, and we don't. <laughs> you should let me take over, right? Because I, I do tweets that are, are really, uh, they're really soothing to people. And uh, I actually got told again, remember you and me have talked about um, how my tweets come across really aggressive and and, <laughs> that, and I don't know why. And like you yes. and me can tweet the same, the exact same thing and people will be like, oh, yeah. But with me, it's like, fucking hell, what the fuck's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> and, and I had that again put to me 
where it's, there were some people that were saying that my tweets were very aggressive and somebody had say, oh, he's not really like that. <laughs> yeah, we keep, we keep pushed apart. Let's be honest, though. You are very violent. Like, well, there was, a, there was a time here a couple of weeks back where, um, I just asked, you know, is there any chance you can just edit like this little sneeze I had it you know, halfway through a sentence out and, $37,000 worth of damages to your building later. You finally agreed to do it. It's pretty crazy. Look, it's, it's, I just saw the axe and thought I got to let off some steam now and just took the axe to the walls and stuff. Um, and you know, sometimes you've just got to let off some steam. Just got to let it out. Yeah. 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 I calmed down eventually. That's all right. That's what, that's all that matters. Yeah. You didn't yeah. punch anyone. I mean, you might have hit them, but you didn't punch anyone. <laughs> Not the brakes, Amber. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I knew you. Were, I knew you'd be under that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think I've watched as much of the uh, <laughs> Johnny Depp Amber Heard court case as I have football in the last two weeks. Just today, right? <laughs> just today, I watched just under four hours of it. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. Uh, I, true story. I'm going to finish this on a true story from today. I got to my train station the day after work, and I got there at 20 past five. My train usually comes 25 past. I'm going, you beauty. And then now something comes along. You know, the train to the city has been cancelled. I was like, oh, okay, well, it's 15 minutes to the next one. It's fine. And then it got cancelled 15 minutes later. The next one was supposed to come at 5.44, and I'm looking at my watch and going, okay, it's 5.39, and it says up says up on the thing there, your train will arrive in 23 minutes. I'm going, 5.39 plus 23 equals more than 5.44. Mm-hmm. Like, why is my train so far late? And I went, I'm not upset because I'll just put my headphones on, pop the video on, and just watch what I missed of, yeah. the, uh, of this thing. I'd look up five minutes later. And the time has time for arrival for the train's gone from twenty three minutes to twenty two. Like, <laughs> I'm going to watch all of this before my train arrives. Mm. Oh well, <laughs> wasn't upset, but I managed to get the whole thing that I wanted to watch. Um, got that all done before I got home. I just think it's hilarious that what would it have been now about five or six days ago? I was like, you been watching any of this? You know, trial Amber Heard, and you were like, no. Not really. I was like, oh, it's pretty yeah. interesting. And now you're, I'm waking up to DMs from you saying, dude, did you see this? <laughs> I I think when you sent me that, I might have seen two, like, small one-minute long clips. Yeah. It just highlights. I think it might have been a Johnny Depp responding to something about the newspaper articles. And I was looking going, why are they asking him to confirm that the the lawyer has read the headlines of these opinion pieces. Or how is that evidence? What's the what's the point of this? Yeah. And that's the bit that made me watch the next one. And then I forgot about it. And then you asked me about it. I went, oh, okay, I'll go and watch some more. And I was watching all of them going, this court case is fucking nuts. Yeah. I, I, you can't I, help but not watch. It's, it's, it's incredible. It is. Great drama. I've watched at least, uh, I would say I'm probably close to 15 hours or so worth of <laughs> Like unedited, direct, seeing everything, testimony by all sorts of people. Um, I am so into it. It's incredible. I said today to somebody that it's the best viewing since Game of Thrones, second last season anyway. 
Oh, it's been phenomenal. Mm. I haven't seen this much drama since Jason Taylor was coach of the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> it's been phenomenal. Phil Gould was watching this shit going, wow, this is a lot of drama. It's too much for me. <laughs> Phil Gould watching goes, hmm, challenge accepted. <laughs> Sack a coach. What's next? Nick <laughs> oh, Potter will get sacked next week. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if he, like, we get to round 20 and he's sacked Nick Potter? You're not good enough, sack him. And then in the offseason he goes, you know what? If you can't if you can't get the right person to do the job, you might as well just do it yourself. Seriously, though, is there a world where Mick Potter comes in and, he, and they play so badly that you have to then sack him? Like, there's got to be a number, right? Like, just say they don't win another game and it, through... How many games would you have to lose in a row? Like through to round 20? Or do you just keep him at that point? Well, that's the thing. Ego takes over, doesn't it? Yeah. You go, well, you know what? We've, we've, uh, we've kowtowed to our ego and said, you know what? We've, uh, we've admitted that we made a mistake with Barrett. But we're never going to make the same mistake ever again. And when the next coach comes in and he's worse, you go, no, we're not making any more mistakes. So this is just, we'll call it teething issues. <laughs> and he just needs this right squad. And we'll make excuses for him. And then loses all the next season going, yeah, he's shit. <laughs> yeah, like, say they go the next two months without even getting close to a win, right? And then they lose by 70. And then they lose by 80. And then they lose by 84. Like, you kind of have to do something at that point. You can't just, like, say this entire year's a write-off. You've got to just kind of have something. So there's got to be a point. And I just, it's, you know, what is that point? What is that point? Look at me being all doom and gloom. He's going to be fine, Bulldogs. Fan. So, Don't you worry. Wouldn't it be funny you get the, the playing against Melbourne and Melbourne's up 90 to 6? <laughs> They need just two more points to break the record in first grade against the Bulldogs, too. And uh, full-time siren sounds. Papayas is lining up a you know, conversion from touch. And the Bulldogs officials are going, if he gets this, we're sacking the coach. <laughs> if he doesn't, it's fine, because the record hasn't been broken. But if, you, if he kicks it, that's it. We can't have that. <laughs> I'd love to see that... that uh, I wonder if that's a precipice. Yeah, you know, I, I think of the pressure that would be on that coach at the time, and then I think, like, that's like every couple of weeks for Nathan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, he's like, wait, this pressure for breakfast. I've got 70 before. It'll be fine. <laughs> that's right. He's going, yeah, I worked with Gould before, and I survived. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Nathan Brown, feared by Gould. That could yes. be the title of the, episode, of the episode, really, couldn't it? Yeah, it could be. could be. Except it's got to be NRL round 11, I believe. Wow, well, well, that's... Well, it doesn't shame. have to be, but we choose it to be, because that's it's easy to find. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, sex tune, everyone. And I just want to say, personally, uh, happy birthday, Darcy. Ah. Yeah, that it is just past midnight. Yeah, happy now, birthday, Darcy. You're going to be listening to us one day. 
Yeah. You're gonna because you you better listen to our podcast, boy. Dad, what's that C word you said? <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> no, the other one. Nah, there was another one. Yeah. Nah, just happy birthday, Darcy. I remember. I remember. Uh, it's a, it a while ago now. Your dad saying to me, "You know what? Did the podcast? I'm off to make a boy, and he did good." Yeah, and then uh, when the uh, when he was delivered, we brought him home. I don't think I was heard of for about a month <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you've you've done a fair bit of heavy lifting in this last twelve months. <laughs> you are uh, you you were like the the last Japanese soldier walking out of the jungle in 1974. You just you you, you were dishevelled, but you were ready to keep fighting on. That's right. I, I, I distinctly remember that first episode back, as I don't think I'd slept much. <laughs> so, I'll try and do this. I'm trying to remember the opening line. Yeah, that was that was uh that was eleven months ago. That's crazy. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for tuning, everyone. Um, hope you enjoyed the episode, and thanks also to Palmerbet. And we'll catch us all next time. Palmerbet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same game multi every NRL match at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858.